Greetings to those who watch below. I hope that you're all keeping safe and are ready to be creeped out by these true creepy stories. Church in the Woods by Outworlder39 I grew up in Ohio in the 70s and me and my childhood friend Joe were outside all the time we could manage. Joe lived on a farm that bordered a pretty big forest and my parents would drop me off in the morning and we'd stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiersmen. We'd build shelters, traps, practice making fire with sticks, the whole nine yards. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a Stand By Me. This was based on the movie of the same name that had just come out. The idea was that we'd walk the railroad tracks out in the country, but instead of looking for a dead body, we'd find cool bridges to fish from and camp a little ways off the tracks. Of course, we knew this was dangerous and we'd likely be trespassing, but we were kids. We had a lot of fun. We did find beautiful rivers, we discovered bridges no one went to, we fished, we hid from trains. At night we camped in the woods just near the tracks and made small hidden fires. Nothing bad ever happened. It was idyllic. In fact, it was so good we did it multiple times and never had a problem. After high school, me and Joe went our own ways. We both left home, but always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so that we'd see each other occasionally. Well, one summer in the mid-90s, it worked out that we were both in town for about a week. We'd do stuff with family in the day, and at night we'd either catch drinks at a bar or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the old days. One night, me and Joe got talking about our stand-by-me trips. Well, nostalgia and beer are a hell of a mix. Soon, we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night, and walk home. The day came. We started out early morning. We had my wife drop us off at our old spot where we used to start, right outside our hometown. She thought this was absolutely crazy, and made sure to mention it. When she pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we take the opposite direction, just to be adventurous. We knew the land well, we had a map, so I gave it a what the hell, and off we sat. The day went fine. It was fun, and a little sad, but in a good way. We found a bridge and sat on the edge, smoked a joint and moved on. We had no fishing gear, but we brought some canned food and other stuff. Before night started to set in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thick, forested area, trees on every side of the train tracks, so you felt like you were in a tunnel. We had bought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up, we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter. Now, this was what we used to do in the old days too. We'd walk the area around a little bit, just to make sure some dude's house wasn't just over a hill, and we were actually camping in their yard. We walked maybe a hundred feet or so into the woods and up a small incline. We figured if we didn't see anything from on top of this short hill, we'd be fine. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building down at the bottom, about a hundred yards into the woods. It was barely visible. We pondered over what to do. We both assumed it was a sugar shack or something, because there didn't appear to be a clear road into it. From where we were, there didn't look to be anyone in it either. All was quiet. No movement could be seen. No lights. 
we decided to walk a little closer just to make sure. We came down the hill very slowly, and as we neared the building, we saw that it wasn't a sugar shack at all. It was an old church. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost black from years of moss and rot. A cross still stood on top of the place, also weathered black. None of the windows had glass, and there were no doors, just open doorways. We got close enough to see inside. There were rows of pews and a built-up section in front for a preacher to stand. We didn't go all the way in. We didn't want to. Beyond that, there was no sign of anyone else. No footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an abandoned church. We left immediately and went back up the hill to our spot we had picked camp. Having a hill between us and the church made us feel better, but we were still a little uneasy. We chalked it up to the natural creepiness seeing a church in the middle of the woods would elicit. Besides, at this point it was dusk and we just decided to rig up our hammocks and go to sleep and move on at early morning. Night set in, and as we lay in our hammocks and shot the shit, we began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation about it went a little like this. Do you hear that? What the fuck is that? It sounds like people singing. And it did sound just like singing. We both slid right out of our hammocks and hunkered down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two, and the singing continued, but it wasn't getting louder. Finally, we decided to creep back up the hill and see if we could spy where the sound was coming from. We could still move very quietly in the woods from the old days. It was second nature to us. The moon was barely out, but it provided enough light so you wouldn't walk right into a tree. But it was near pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up the hill, and we didn't talk. When we got to the top, we saw light in the distance. It was coming from the church, and the singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together and had a hushed conversation that boiled down to, can you believe this shit? The light looked to be candlelight from the way it flickered, and though we tried, we couldn't make out what was being sung. It sounded like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for a while, trying to see who was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either. We had about a football field length between us, and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for a bit, and then stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out, but this voice thoroughly scared the shit out of me. It sounded like some Old Testament preacher you see in movies, but again, it was like he was speaking in a different language, because we couldn't understand a single word. Eventually, it got to where the single male voice would say something, and then a bunch of voices would answer in song. This lasted for a while, and then they all broke into this long, sustained wail that just kept getting louder. It got so loud and so disturbing that I covered my ears. Then, it stopped. At this point, I was just getting ready to say, let's get the fuck out of here, when Joe put a hand on my shoulder and hissed, they're coming out. 
We were far enough away that we couldn't make them out really well, but what we could see was a line of figures walk out the open doorway, all holding hands in single file. We could see some of them had flashlights. They began to sing again, and the light from the flashlights began to move toward us and the hill. We booked it back down to our campsite, grabbed our shirt and ran to the tracks. Once there, we ran down the tracks in the direction we had come from. After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill. They were moving erratically, like whoever was holding them was shaking them. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. We eventually stopped seeing the lights and came to a road. By our map, we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down from it. And we walked there, got to a 24-hour gas station, and called my wife to come get us. My wife and other friends all thought it was just kids messing around, but I heard those voices, and they sure as hell didn't sound like kids to me. The Huntsman of Satan's Overpass by Midnight Poppy Last week I was at work and received a text from my boyfriend at around 6 or 7pm that he was adventuring near the outskirts of a park we usually go to. He took some photos documenting his journey as he went along, and in the few moments that I peeled myself away from my phone, I received frantic texts from him saying he found a burnt body. Immediately my mind skips to get the fuck out of there and call the police, and as I write him back, he tells me that he found some weird cultist hideout. Coincidentally, I'm working on a novel that's cult-inspired, and lately I've been having writer's block. Because he has the tendency to over-amplify situations, at first I think he's just messing with me when he texts, I have some story content for you. As I question the odds of a cultist hideout or satanic rituals happening a few miles from our place, I ask him to send some pictures to confirm. Sure enough, there's a body, but it's not human. Dragged out and placed on the centre of the tracks are the charred remains of a deer, completely scorched and unidentifiable, except the skeletal remains of legs and hooves protruding out. He sends another picture, showing a fire pit someone has made a few feet away. He tells me further down that he found a hole in the cement wall of the overpass that looks seemingly endless and pitch black. Written beside it says, Don't come in, don't leave with some Latin that he can't read. After that, he noped the fuck out of there because the sun was close to setting. We went back yesterday afternoon, exactly a week after his creepy experience. This time around, however, was all the more unsettling because we found out whoever brought the deer came back to this place, and thankfully, we didn't meet them. From the railroad tracks, we climbed up the cement slope leading to the bottom of the highway overpass which gave us a bird's eye view overlooking the railroad tracks and everything he saw in his first encounter, except the portal to Hell Hole. We followed the cement walkway along the top to see if we could spot it from a distance, but the further we ventured, the more uninviting this place feels. My knees felt like they would crumble beneath me and my hands trembled when this rotten smell overcame us. We enter the threshold of what smells like fermenting sewage and see another deer, maybe 15-ish feet below us, dragged out onto the centre of the tracks. 
were close enough to see the swarming black silhouettes of flies. Worse, we noticed this deer wasn't roadkill, wasn't shot, or anything of that sort. There's a slice in its chest. Within a week, this huntsman creep brought out a new corpse left to rot in the centre of an abandoned railroad beneath a highway overpass. We didn't get a picture of the new body or the help portal, which would have been nearby, because we were too busy blocking out the ungodly stench surrounding us. My curiosity got the best of me to go back there, and I've got to say, my writer's block has definitely passed, because I've never experienced anything more cruel or gut-wrenching in my entire life. My brother saw a ghost as a kid. Two decades later, I realised what he actually saw. By Florinizer. I was about seven years old, my brother about ten. It was well past our bedtime when our mum woke up off the couch to put us to bed. Our dad worked construction out of town back then, so it was often just the three of us at home for weeks at a time. Up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents' bedroom. Going left put you in the middle of a hallway. Taking another left down that hallway led you to my brother's room. The opposite end was my room, which was also across the hall from our upstairs bathroom. At either end of the hallway are windowed doors. We always kept locked and rarely used. The door on my end led to a balcony overlooking our front yard, and the door on my brother's end opened to our back porch. My brother and my mum both had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I only knew this because I was always a light sleeper, and they just couldn't help flushing with the door wide open. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room and came back towards the bathroom. I'm going to try and pee before I go bad. The past few nights, I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom. I keep seeing a man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mum wrote it off as my brother telling ghost stories to try and scare me, or if she was already half asleep and didn't catch it, but she didn't react at all to my brother's confession. I, on the other hand, was terrified by it. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the windows is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night. Years later, when I was about 18, my mum and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's tendency towards destroying my shoes and other unruly behaviours when my mum blurted out, do you remember the time I opened the front door for the cops and Max ran inside to the kitchen and started tearing open that big bag of dog food we had? This really caught me by surprise because in all the years I lived in that house we never once called the cops. I asked her what she was talking about and she looked equally surprised as if she had just revealed something by accident. Oh, that's right. I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night, I woke up hearing noises outside my window, and when I looked, I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She went on to describe how turning on the lights caused him to take off running, and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember all the details I gave them when they showed up. Tall male, wearing a striped shirt and jeans, short dark hair, something like that. They said it matched the description of a man they were looking for in the area. It turns out he'd escaped from jail on a murder charge. 
Now I know it sounds so obvious hearing those stories back to back, but it wasn't until a few years ago in my mid-twenties that I pieced together that my brotherhood unknowingly warned us about a murderer who spent multiple nights casing our house. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you so much for listening to today's video. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, comment and subscribe to the channel. And if you've subscribed already, hit that notification bell. That way you will know when the next video goes live. Speaking of which, you can also join Those Who Watch Below, an exclusive membership to the channel, which gives you shout-outs and also access to the videos 24 hours before others. So, until next time, sleep tight. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.